Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Talk. Here we are, September the 6th, is it? Yeah. 2023. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it's kind of crazy how I, I ended up finding two guests, and hopefully the other one does does come through here. But uh, uh, we'll introduce our first guest this week. Uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan, you're a guy I found on social media with, uh, it was just a, a post, I think, that was on a, a local rant and rave group. Um, in regards to uh, what's going on and the deterioration, we'll say, of, of how we're treating um, certain members of society these days and, you know, healthcare crisis in general, where, you know, neighborhood watch programs are probably not uh, what they should be. Um, the post that I saw, um, I believe you had uh, come out of the hospital after possibly visiting someone, I think, or being there for some reason, and you came out and there was a gentleman on the street, definitely in distress. Well, just let him tell the story. Right on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, you're already getting it wrong right from the start. Um, there you go, Jordan. Yeah, so, well, you know, it, all, it was kind of a weird night to begin with. Um, some friends of mine were camping up in the, uh, a place near uh, Kentucky Eileen. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's about an hour away. Um, highway 5A is the access highway to it. Um, it's a nice spot. And so he was camping up there. So I went up to go have dinner with him. Um, and then I was just going to come back that night. So while I was there, his, uh, his dogs got into a fight and they, he ended up in the middle of it. And long story short, he got cut up pretty bad. And so I had to take him to the hospital. So I take him to the hospital. Uh, he's taken me to the hospital before. So I was just returning the favor. Um, and you know, to, I, I'm a vapor, so I went outside for a vape while we were waiting there, and I walked out the front of the the uh, hospital right on Pandozi, right, the main street to the hospital there, and uh, there was this guy laying in the bus stop, face down on the concrete. Uh, he was kind of in a really awkward position at first, and I just went up, walked up to him, and I said, man, are you okay, or do you need help? He was wearing hospital gown, he was wearing, he, had, he was wrapped in hospital blankets, he had a bunch of melted bags of ice, kind of, he was there all around him, I guess. And, and he had vomited. And so he kind of grunted at me and, you know, he was rather incoherent. So I went right back to the emergency room door and uh, like the front door to the emergency room there and uh, told the lady at the front desk, I said, Hey, one of your patients is out front. He's not looking too good. Um, maybe get somebody out there to help him out, bring him back in. And she says, no, I can't do that. I said, what? She said, yeah, you'll have to phone 911. And I said, I have to phone 911? That's bizarre. And I, I just looked at her and I said, I guess I, if that's the case, I'm not going to waste another second talking to you. So I just dialed 911 and started walking back out there. Um, I get out there. Uh, he's now in the fetal position and he's vomited again. So there's, he's, And his face is just raining. It was, a, it was an absolute mess. Um, meanwhile, I've got 911 on the phone. Um, the operators, you know, asking his usual questions and I'm making sure the guy's breathing and he had been wiggling his feet. Um, all in all, that part of the experience was not the greatest for either of us. Um, but, uh, seven and a half minutes later, uh, paramedics showed up. Fire, firefighters showed up first. They came kind of close to the guy. They wouldn't even touch him. Um, just kind of yelling at him, can you sit up for us and stupid stuff like that. And then the paramedics showed up and they took control of the situation and got him on a gurney and threw him in the bus and took him around the corner to the hospital. 
um so yeah that that was just uh off-putting to say the least and then of course the posts um i started typing that post while i was at the hospital i don't think i finished posting it until i got home at five o'clock in the morning um and if you guys want to ask questions about that or talk about that then yeah let's we'll indulge you well no i'm i'm sure you you feel like you've you've learned a lot um from <laughs> posting something such as that on social media because uh you know, everyone will come to the offense of, of almost anything at that point. Yeah, well, you know, to be honest with you, there was lots of takeaways. Um, I enjoyed that kind of a conversation any day of the week. You know, I'm open to it. Um, as I'm sure you guys are aware, there's always been this kind of issue. Um, I deal with it all the time of the people that are on sort of that side of things. We call them lefties um, or whatever. Um, they don't really have an argument. So you, you bring something to them as dramatic as what I brought to them. And some of them get all defensive and they have no real answer to the problem. Um, we can offer all sorts of answers that make a lot of sense. They just aren't being implemented or handled by the people who are supposed to handle them, which is who the rant that I posted was actually directed towards, Mr. Adrian Dix. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so your post was worded. Um, I should pull it up here. Actually, we'll do that. But yeah, towards the healthcare um, professionals that are running the country or the uh, province, and supposed to be looking after all of what's going on. We were talking um, before the podcast when uh, Blaine and I were doing our audio check. Um, sorry that uh, this is a short segment, but uh, we had an audio issue here with uh, with Jordan. But. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, the uh, I, I'm sure if you talk to most healthcare professionals nowadays, they'll tell you, you know, there's an unjust action still underway with not having the uh, unvaccinated back to work. And, you know, if, if and nothing else, they should be given the back pay, definitely. But uh, yeah, just the, just the travesty in itself, uh, travesty in itself, sorry, of uh, of what's gone on with the system that, that was already having problems way before this. You know, in uh, 2016 or 2015, I think it was, I was in there for six hours in the emergency ward and wasn't sure what was going on. It was an internal pain that I hadn't experienced in a while. And, uh, you know, it's kind of worrisome, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last 10 years have been like, yeah, the last 10 years up here in the Okanagan have been like that for sure. Um, I was in some car accidents uh, in the last, eight years or so and I had to go through ICBC and the doctor program and it was horrible like you can't even get in to get a, a prescription half of the time you, you know a walk-in clinic doesn't exist anymore you have to have an appointment to get into a walk-in clinic yeah you know or 24-hour veterinarian services as well well and, the, and then there's men right men are notorious for like not dealing with it you can't get in if I can't get in right away I'm not even going to bother it'll heal or whatever right so well, this is what's so crazy is that it's like the socialist party ruling the the whole thing. Like they pride themselves on the universal health care. And it's like, what have they done since they've had power? Right. It's just like a, an abject failure. I don't know if they've been spending more money, but it's not obvious that it's like it's working. You know, we, we're yeah. in the, the safe supply now. So we've got mm -hmm. addicts like taking up all the resources of the firemen and the paramedics and people just trying to bring these people back to life. And it's like, we're giving where we're enabling it. Like that's what our that's what our government decides to do. And well, like, maybe maybe we should fire take healthcare up a workers. 
yeah, we could take up addiction to gain access, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely mental. And like, you're right. You, you have to make appointments at walk-in clinics and no one has a family doctor. And it's just no. like with how many years have the NDP been in power? And this is the thing is that it wasn't any better under the, the BC liberals either. So it's like, we don't like what, what choice do we even have in BC at this point? Like for, for like provincial politics, I, I don't see any, especially that's going to like solve a crisis like that. Yeah, well, there was uh, some talk of the Conservative Party trying to get more members to run mm -hmm. um, the BC Conservative Party. But, you know, then I started looking into it and apparently they're the liberals in this province. So I don't really know that that whole the BC provincial <laughs> politics confuses me. I know David Ebby was a con man from way back. He was involved in some pretty um, significant scandals and then all of a sudden he's just appointed adrian dix has been around for too long and he's an evil genius you know i don't know, I don't know what to do about bc i'm actually from alberta so that's easy for me my solution would be just go home <laughs> <laughs> no shit hey eh? yeah oh man well but yeah if you want to like... talk about uh, alberta and the healthcare system my next door neighbor um pretty interesting story about her she was a nurse in in um vernon and as the uh, mandates were rolled out and they had a, give, been given a deadline, she was already, her mind was already made up, but there was already, it was already rolled out to pregnant women. And so all of these stillborns were happening at the Vernon Hospital far more than um, like the yearly average was happening in a month. And so she blew the whistle on it to her superiors and they canned her. And so, of course, now she's now she's really not going to get the vaccine, but they did can her on the last day and the way she went. And um, we actually lived next door to each other for like five years and never talked at all. We just kind of waved. They were the family with the with the little kids. And um, and then we were on our way to a, a, a rally out in Soyuz there, one of the border blockade rallies. And they saw me drive by with I had a flat deck trailer on with a bunch of like convoy signs bolted down to it and drove by their house and so right away she knew my company name she looked me up online and phoned me i didn't even make it to the corner and my phone rang it was a number i didn't recognize she's like oh that's me i don't want to say any names your neighbor um where are you going with that trailer and then so from there i didn't i had no idea that she was this nurse that was fired right so mm -hmm. they were on their way there too and they came down they had a, a suburban with the hatch flipped up on the side of the road and it was free hot chocolate for everybody that wanted it. even the cops were coming by for free hot chocolate it was uh imagine and that then we became, yeah and then we all became good friends after that and and then now so now um you know they have a fat they're a family of four two young boys He's a massage therapist, like a registered massage therapist, a uh, very, very busy man in Kelowna. And, um, you know, they were on the bubble for having to be vaccinated as well. You shut up, dog. My dog's talking here. But, um, <laughs> um, um, one sec. Oh, he doesn't want to go in. Anyways, um, they were on the bubble, the, the massage therapists and chiropractors, and they stood up collectively for the most part and said no. And they got away with it. Um, but she didn't, and she loved being a nurse. And so she looked into nursing in Alberta and was given two job opportunities right away. So they put their house up for sale that they built. They were still building it when we moved into our house. Um, and uh, <laughs> you have to go inside in one sec, guys.
He's cute, but he's dumb. Um, <laughs> Did she get these job opportunities without being vaccinated? Just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they packed up and they moved and they're there and they're happier than ever. Oh, that's so In great. Healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a nurse in a mur- emergency room. She's being trained right now in, um, I'm not sure what the term is they use, but specializing in farm equipment incidences. Apparently there's a lot of them out where she lives. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's loving it. Oh, wonderful, man. Yeah, it was yeah. like, uh, we were talking about the break. Trauma, like, yeah. we, we bump into a lot yeah. of nurses in, in what we do. And everyone I've asked, I've probably talked to five or six nurses now. Every single one of them, like when you bring up what they did with the the vaccine mandates, I always just I'm always just like, is do you, do you find it weird that you guys were like the heroes on the front line and like you know about natural immunity and like you've already gotten COVID like a thousand times and then all of a sudden you weren't heroes and they just gave you the boot and then like if you didn't you had to get a shot that you didn't need and every single one of them and w- without a, without fail is like absolutely on board with that and it's just such a shame they weren't able to like I guess like you know see it and organize beforehand uh, to try and like put an end to it. I really feel for the the whole profession and like society at large, because nobody can get good healthcare anymore. And it's like, it means more people are sick, more people are dying. Uh, And it's like, it's needless. And so it's, it's like an ongoing function of the pandemic that still affects us to this day. And it would be so easy to like, at least, you know, put a bit of a, lend a bit of aid to these, these people that are suffering by hiring back the people you know, they finally acknowledge that natural immunity works and they let everybody else go back. It's just that one class of people. And I, I can't understand why. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating as a, you know, a taxpayer, um, someone that has family too. And every now and then we need to use the facilities and they're not there for you or they're very minimal. Um, it seems to me like, you know, if you remember back when you were a kid, the doctor and the nurses when you went to the hospital because you hurt yourself or you were sick they really cared about you and they really cared about their job and everybody seemed real and it's like this transitions happened and then of course covid they really stuck it to them they're they seem very like they're zombies there nobody cares um i know what you're talking about though if you you talk to them face to face usually you'll get the reaction you're talking about but back to our you know earlier conversation about the takeaways from the uh the post that I made on the rant and rave was you get people that are like, I work at the hospital and I know that, you know, it's unvaccinated or taking up the hospital beds or that never happened in this particular conversation, but you've heard that. I know you have, right? Oh yeah. It's in that thread. I'm sure it is. Yes, for sure. There's a lot of those type in there. Um, Actually there was one for sure. That was, (laughs) he commented about my profile picture, which um, was a no mask, fuck your mask and fuck your vaccine or whatever kind of meme picture there. Um, I only put that, I only put that profile picture up because I had just come from a rural community in BC, a really lovely community and I'm working up there. And while I um, had some downtime, I thought I'm going to go to the lake and cool off in the lake. So I go down to the lake and I get to the wharf and there's a big sign above it. COVID-19 warning and the dock will be closed from or only open from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. and only one person allowed on the dock at a time and only one boat launched to be used at a time and closed on Mondays. I'm like, like, who comes up with these fucking rules, right? What are you talking about? Closed on Mondays? COVID's hotter then or what? 
but um and then people are now posting uh the overhead signs on the freeways in Ontario where they're warning you to you know get up to date with your COVID-19 vaccine on the freaking traffic signs and it's like they just won't quit I mean they've been called out the evidence is here people are freaking dying from the thing and they're just this perpetual denial that just never seems to end and then they double down they always double down and just keep coming at it you know I wish I could still follow Adrian Dix on Twitter if you don't you should I'm banned he kicked me off his site um but he kicked me off because every single day I would go on there and every single day I would say almost the same thing, calling him out for pushing the vaccine on children. And that's what he did every single day. His tweet, his only tweet every day was, this is where kids five to 12 can get vaccinated today. And he would have all these addresses, the clinics and whatever throughout the lower mainland or wherever telling people, this is where to take your kids to get vaccinated. And every day I was comment, why are you doing this? Like you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, bringing your six-month-old, you know. Yeah, we only have a couple sick. minutes before break, and I just want to okay. introduce our other guest here. Um, before we go, um, then we'll be taking our quick break there. Um, Kaylee, Kaylee, thanks for joining us here. Yeah. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kaylee, do you care to introduce yourself? Uh, as much info as you as you want to give. Uh, yeah, well, um, my name is Kaylee. I am an, uh, I guess I'm, I'm not personally the TikTok sensation, but uh, my neighbor is. And if you guys have, have any recollection or have seen anything on TikTok about, you know, my neighbor, Mr. Sir, that is my neighbor. Um, he's batshit crazy, let me just tell you. He goes outside and he yells all day long. And it was absolutely miserable for nine months. I had to do with it. Well, I I believe after watching some of the content there, just to clarify, we do have some audio uh, issues to clear up, but we'll do so in the beginning of next segment with you. Um, your your neighbor across the street, you moved into this place about a year ago, and your neighbor across the street, um, you found out has definitely some schizophrenia kind of issues. But sadly enough, anytime the authorities come by, he acts all normal. Yeah, so I called the cops. Kind of, uh, do you want me to kind of just give you the full rundown, or you want me to wait? Uh, no, we only have about a minute left, and then we got to do our a uh, refresh here. So. Okay, gotcha. So, um, I yeah, no, I called the cops, and I was trying to you know help this man initially. I was worried about him. Um, it sounded like he was having a stroke, so. Uh, I, you know, I'm trained in first aid and stuff like that. So I, you know, tried to talk to him and was like, Hey dude, is everything okay? He was just kind of screaming and it wasn't making any sense. So, you know, I called 911 and attempt to get him some help, but he scared the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. Like he ran at me. I don't know if he thought that I was trying to attack him because I was crossing the road towards him or what, but, um, it was a pretty aggressive situation that led me to uh, start filming because the cops that came by were like, hey, do you have any video of, you know, him acting crazy? Because I guess he snapped out of it um, whenever they came by. So they were just kind of thrown off. They said they had some disturbance calls from him before, but uh, no. So there had been reports of this uh, gentleman before you said, Kaylee? Yeah, so whenever um, the officers came out and after they went over to talk to him, they uh, came up to me and they were talking to me and they said that they had been called about this gentleman before. Um, 
but nobody ever had produced video or like shown them what he was doing. There's really not anybody in my area other than that one neighbor that I have has ring doorbell cameras. So they couldn't, you know, even if it was something crazy, they weren't either A, fast enough to get their phone out before he went away or they didn't care, you know, enough to save him for the cost or whatever. Um, it's a little bit of a tedious process to submit the evidence into their database because it's not user-friendly whatsoever. So I was like, you know what, I think it might be a better way to keep record of this instead of, you know, just having them all on my phone on like random days. Like, let me just put it on TikTok because I did not have a personal TikTok. I personally did not like TikTok before this. Um because I do think that it's a huge time waster. Like, I have a, a social media and marketing company, so I'm already on that all day anyways. I had no business, you know, doing it for myself or whatever. So um, it was really just a quick access so I can pull it up and show the cost whenever they showed up. Um, and then, you know, started to gain traction. And I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. So I ended up, you know, calling the cops probably uh, over the nine-month span, probably 10, 15 times. And, you know, nothing happened until just the other day when he got arrested or apprehended by the CIT team because he actually tried to break into my house. I had a friend who was sleeping on the couch, and uh, it was 7 a.m. My dog starts barking and growling, and we're in my room, so I opened the door for her to go out. And she ran up to the door. I'm sorry. Did you? Did you? Like... Nope. No, you could keep keep going. Okay. Um. So she ran up to the door, and the doorknob was literally jiggling. And my friend is sitting on the couch. Her her eyes are wide open. Like, is someone trying to break in? And I put my ear to the door, and I could hear him on the other side. You know, his like garbled, like uh, nonsensical language, gibberish. Yeah. Um, so I immediately, you know, I went and got my gun just in case anything were to happen. The door was closed. It held up. We're all good there. So I called the cops and let them know what was going on. And while I was on the line with the operator, she told me that a child had already called on him. Oh and that's when I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like, this is, this is way more escalated than it has ever been. So I go outside to try to find him, and he's not, you know, I live on the little cul-de-sac corner. I go out to the right, thinking that he had gone down the longer end of the neighborhood. Well, he went to the bus stop where the kids were, and I did not know, you know, I, I walked out to the front of my yard where the two corners of the streets meet, and I looked down there, and I saw kids running around, but I looked, I thought that they were playing. I didn't even think anything of it because I couldn't see him. So I don't know if my neighbor on the corner got more video than what he had sent me, but he was like, no, post this on your thing because people don't know how like fucking scary he is. Wow. Well, really and he drives as well. I want to point that out. That scares the fuck out of me. So the driving hasn't been a thing for at least like a month and a half, maybe two now at this point. I don't know what happens, but he did, I, there was this one day that I was outside coming home from the gym or something, and he was screaming at me, 
yelling at me because I had my hair in my a ponytail and he was screaming at me, hey, ponytail, blah, 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 you got my car repoed and all this. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do shit about your car. Like, that's all you. But apparently his car got, you know, taken. Um, I haven't seen it since. And then the cop, whenever he responded the second to last time, maybe, uh, said that he didn't have running water or electricity in his house. So I have a question for you, seriously, Kaylee. Um, well, not really seriously. Do you think this might yeah. be a side effect from something that he might have taken? Or so, yeah, I don't know. Point? We were we thought he was just a drunk or something, you know, for the longest time, and we were, you know, really just poking fun at him. Like I'll be completely honest, um, just because like you're really you expect to not be videoed. It's 2023. Like you're going outside, you're being like crazy. Come on, let's be real. So. Then this girl messaged me, she DM'd my account, and she said, hey, we used to live in that, like, my mom used to live in that same house that y'all live in. He is schizophrenic. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot more serious. Wow, okay, uh, we're not going to fuck with him anymore, basically. Like, we're not going to scream back at him in the videos. We're not going to tell him to shut the fuck up. We're just going to call the cops and be quiet. He did try to fight my friend one day in the front yard. Like, he almost came onto our property. And that was the day that um, it looked like motor oil. Mm. So that was, that was a wild day. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's pretty just – it's crazy. Like, I, I'm glad that I videoed it and showed people because a lot of people are now messaging me saying, hey, my neighbor acts like this. Or my neighbor does the same shit. And I'm like, okay, we'll start calling the cops now because it's going to take you at least nine months for them to do anything legally. Yeah. But if they do anything at all, it seems. Well, who is the trained professional to deal with it? I, I know a, a friend that worked in public transportation like Uber, and he had been flagged down at a, uh, at a gas station, and he's allowed to pick people up like that. Right. And he pulled in and he got out to help her get the door open. And she jumped in the front seat and said, this is my brother's car. I'm taking it. And thankfully, because it had a different gear shift kind of deal, she couldn't figure out how to steal it in time as she's fumbling around. And uh, she ended up scratching his face and down his neck. He now has hepatitis. Uh, recent update. I think we mentioned this before. And uh, the police said when, when he got arrested, she'll be out back on the street in an hour. They'll put her in the psych ward and, and she'll check herself out, right? That's here in Canada. I know you, you're you down south, obviously, to be able to have a gun in your home. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, we're in, I've, I'm disclosed on the TikTok. Every single video is posted in Fort Worth, Texas. Like, I'm not scared of that. Like, it's obvious. There's a bunch of crazy people everywhere. But, yeah, no, people from all over the country are literally messaging me saying, hey, this happens to me. I'm like, well, you need to get on it because basically, you know, Use the hashtag Disturbia because I put that on all every single one of my videos because that's what I felt like. Shia LaBeouf locked in my house working from home. Like, I have to be there all day, every day anyway. It was just, uh, I'm just so, so taken aback at how far things went. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Jordan. Yeah. Um, have you... Did you have you had many many issues with the hospital? Like we were saying, I think before um, recording, that weights at the at the hospital weren't weren't ever something we hadn't uh, been already shocked with. 
Um, I mean, I've noticed that things have been getting worse. Um, you know, I've been to the hospital a few times in the last few years, uh, like I said, with car accidents um, and a knee injury. And, and then I'm helping my buddy out there and I've noticed that it's progressively worse. Um, now, what I, you know, the, there's a lot of zombies walking around downtown. Um, if you're alluding to like what she's saying, like perhaps maybe the, 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 uh, the pokey poke has, has something to do with it. I think I've, I don't know if it's because of the like um, political climate, the social political climate online, especially um, that everybody's coming out of the woodwork. So you get to see a lot more of the crazies. But yes, you see a lot of freaking crazies out there, man. Um, well, two things. Of, sorry, yeah. two things happened in the in the mid '80s, and I'm not sure how many of us meet that demographic, but I know I do. Um, well, in the mid '80s, when I was a kid. They let all the loonies out of the freaking cuckoo bins yeah. and they said it's yeah. no longer our responsibility because what happened was MK Ultra was exposed on W5 or 60 Minutes or one of those kind of shows on, on TV. And they literally, yeah, politically said, hey, we got to, you know, stop doing this. So it's quicker just to rip the Band-Aid off and not do any of it than to be scrutinized as to which um, institutions were doing it. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's scary. The other thing is they they locked the they started locking garbage bins. Almost immediately after that, they said, you know, it's better to just lock your garbage bins. So people started locking down their garbage at the same time. They just let all the cuckoos out to wander the street. And we yeah. wonder why we're, we're in a position where, you know, some of them can obtain some sort of, you know, access to to a shelter or whatnot like never mind a driver's license i'm sorry but if you're having bouts of uh of episodes like that i don't think you're the kind of people we need on the road definitely not on the road um here in here in canada right now kaylee we got a bigger problem which is that you're allowed to possess a certain amount of uh of drugs right now on the street as well and I'm not sure about your state, um, the state that you live in there, but uh, can you imagine um, what kind of world? Like, do you have a downtown center that's that's bad or or uh, overrun with uh, tents? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've traveled to a lot of you know cities in in my life so far, and I think probably the worst that I've ever seen is not here in in the Dallas area, but uh, in in Colorado and Denver. I, I just, it's it's so prevalent out there. And I don't know, for whatever reason, um, honestly, my new roommate, she told me the other day that uh, a lot of uh, states will just put their homeless on a plane to Hawaii. And in Hawaii, it's really bad, like the homeless population. So I'm wondering if, uh, if you know, the other states are in on that too. I haven't heard a whole lot about the homeless in, in a while, you know, since Trump, basically. I, I think that that's uh, an age old way that they deal with them they do shuffle them around um like in the summer the homeless population in Kelowna like doubles you know because they can survive here in the summer I don't know how they get here who's putting them here I do remember hearing stories 10 or 12 or 15 or so years ago of um the, they were putting homeless people on greyhounds and sending them to places like Kelowna from the lower mainland and I think it's to 
thin out the homeless population in the lower mainland and and kind of spread it around you know they're sending them to prince george or but i don't know what they do with them in the winter i think they just count on them expiring while they're out there well it's it's such a mild climate here sorry kaylee i don't mean to cut you off but uh in my in, in my perspective what i believe happens is that they find um camps around and in the you know in the winter even the rail trail which is a bicycle path connecting the two you don't have to go far off that path to find some some camps and it's it's shocking where these um street people will resourcefully find places to hide so i'm glad that we're able to have a podcast together with with the same mental health um um topic at hand but also you know two different uh, venues about what's going on and, and what are we you know what are we doing here like why aren't we prioritizing these these events right like they should have a button right there at the, at the hospital and in every, every entrance push for emergency boom you know well, it's, the, it's the emergency the room a security guard outside why is this guy on the ground without somebody seeing it like we got cameras at fucking intersections and and grocery stores and and they want to do retina scans for purchase but we don't have high resolution enough to say hey something just happened there get somebody out there to help what well, you know what's you know what's interesting is that we've got so much money to spend on bombs on a war on the other side of the planet and we don't have money for the nurses or the how the hospital staff and like you say for things like that you'd think if you pulled somebody into an emergency room or they were like getting close to the emergency room and they're dying on the steps that you'd have uh you'd have somebody with a gurney ready to pick them up like the equivalent of having the staff of a ambulance but waiting at the sliding doors of the emergency room for when somebody comes in because like not everybody gets to a hospital on an ambulance like they don't have four notice or anything like that so it's like what what's this reaction and every time i go in there i've been in the emergency room a few times they're not actually ready for any emergency like it's it's just like this bureaucratic process where they're like yep take a number like it's just this it's it's so it's so um separated from like health care like actually caring about somebody and you know trying to get them help you know you go in there and you've like shot yourself with a nail gun and they're like you can sit for three hours like you're not going to bleed out and you're like that's that okay so like you know maybe on the mo more minor scale but what if you walked in there and you're missing an arm? Like, do they jump out of their seats? Because I've never seen I've never seen them jump or rush with anything. I have a really good story for you guys. This story is 20 years old, 20, 19 years old. My son, who's 21 now, this happened to him when he was two. Um, he's a twin, and he got RSV, contracted RSV at the age of two normally kids get their first bout of rsv when they hit kindergarten and they usually get it they, they suspect that comes from like all of a sudden you're with a larger group of people and cl closed confined or whatever um so kids get this respiratory illness and at the age of five your body can somewhat handle it it's just a nasty cold right it's lots of snot well at two you can't handle it so um his mom uh called me when I was at work and said you have to uh, take Dylan to the hospital when you get home from work he's having a hard time breathing which he was the morning that morning but he was progressively getting worse so I get home when I get there it actually is serious I didn't even change my clothes I threw him in the car drove him to uh, emerge I get there and this was back in 2004 and this was in in White Rock we lived in White Rock at the time 
And back then there was emergency emergency room um, crap going on where they were all packed and the wait to see doctors was forever. And so I had gotten in there and I sat down, you know, they said, yeah, have a seat. And I'm holding this baby and he's having a hard time breathing. And out walks this 90 year old lady wrapped in a hospital blanket and sits down next to me and, and we start chatting and she, and she says, no, they're sending me home. They've called a cab. Um, I had a heart issue and they ran some tests, but they're sending me home. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but okay. You think they'd keep you there to monitor you or whatever. But then I think I was waiting and waiting and all these people were waiting and there's more people coming in. So I walked up and you know, it's getting worse. And I said, how long am I going to wait to see a doctor here? This kid's struggling. And um, she's like, it's going to be a couple hours, sir. Have a seat. And I'm like, a couple hours? Are you out of your fucking mind? So I just walked past her and I went into the emergency ward and I just stood there against this wall. And this doctor walked by and I stood right in front of him and I grabbed him and I said, you're looking at my kid right fucking now. I don't give a shit what you're in the middle of. You're looking at this kid right now. And he grabbed my kid. We went into a room and he's like, hang on a second. He goes out and there's paramedics in the emergency room and he's got them to rush him to Children's Hospital in Vancouver. He's like, I'm rushing your kid there. We're going to put him on oxygen for the ride. You need to go home and grab a bag and go there. This kid's in rough shape. And we spent the next two weeks in freaking hospital, in Children's Hospital. But the lady at the front desk was like, no, it's going to be two hours. Have a seat, all grouchy. And I'm like having a real emergency with a baby. And that was then. And things have gotten worse. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Um, during that uh, trip I mentioned earlier where I was there for six hours and my poor girlfriend, thank, uh, bless her heart for coming out. And, and joining me at the hospital. But uh, yeah, she had to keep running out and put more, more money in the meter and a fresh ticket, yeah. on cash, which is crazy as well. When you're going into emergency room, you got to worry about parking. If you're lucky enough to have a ride there, or, you know, or be there. Um, so I was, while we were there, there was a, a guy making a ruckus in the, uh, in the waiting room as we're waiting for some sort of treatment, I'd already been in, they poked and prodded me and they put us in the waiting room and said, yeah, we're going to call you in for an ultrasound. So I did the ultrasound and they came back out and they said, well, we're going to do some blood work. So I was waiting for this blood work. And meanwhile, there was this, this um, homeless guy that was there all covered in cotton balls saying that uh, he was there because he got kicked out of the shelter and they can't deny him medical care. So he was, uh, you know, he's here at the hospital. He'd come in with, um, at one point he took off and he came back with like handfuls of, of yogurt and crackers and, and weird shit. Right. And just piled it up there and just, Oh yeah. If you guys need any food, I know where the snack cart is in the kitchen and, and any of that, anybody want a tea or a coffee, I can make it. And Oh yeah. He was, you know, so in one, in one aspect, he was trying to be nice and he was trying to be social, but so they kicked him out and, uh Asian um descent, I believe, nurse called my name. So I get up and I go and sit in the chair. And um, I'm not a big fan of needles, so I didn't really look towards what she was doing. I just thought, okay, yeah, she's gonna take some blood and whatnot. And she's looking and she goes, Oh, it'll be easy this time. And I said, What do you what are you talking about this time? And I looked over, she's filling a freaking the needle from a vial and I said well, well what are you doing I said no I'm giving blood you're not taking it she goes oh no it'll be easy 
And I said, whoa, 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 no, no. Like, what, what's going on? My girlfriend could hear me from where I where I was initially in the waiting room, right? And um, she says, she said, what's your name? And so I told her, or what's, yeah, what's your, what's your name? And I'm like, that's when they give me a wristband before I got to this point, right? That's the first rule in nursing is check the person's wristband, right? She said, what's your last name? I told her, she says, oh, no, I called Daniel. My first, my full name is Nathaniel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you were about to get someone's jab? No, she called Nathaniel. But she okay. looked on the, on the list and went, well, what, was she, what was she trying to give you? I Well, I would assume methadone because the guy was a freaking uh, junkie, right? Oh, heroin addict. He had to get his, uh, yeah. I gotcha. So they, and meanwhile, they dragged him out of there. So I come out and I'm like, holy fuck, they almost, and my girlfriend's like, I heard that. Did she finally just take blood? And I'm like, yeah. She didn't even fucking apologize, pardon my language. But uh, yeah, it was one of those. And apparently he got escorted out. Security came, two, two security guards came and escorted him out. So wild. Which, yeah, that's crazy in itself, right? Just look after him, get him the hell out of here, and I'll leave others alone. But no, he's, uh, yeah. I don't know. What is the answer for all this? That's that's the question. We usually ask our guests during the third segment that, but let's speed things up a bit. Jordan, where do we go from here? Ideally, I'm going to ask you in the because you seem to be such an optimistic character. Where where can we go from here? Well, I mean, I am optimistic. It can be fixed. Um, clearly, the people that are supposed to be doing that aren't doing that. Um, that needs to change. We need to get those people out of there. They're career politicians. They're a lot of them are quite evil in their own ways. Um, they get called out regularly and they just ignore it. That's got to change. I think that's the only the only way is to root out those scumbags and put proper people in there. I mean, I could make better decisions for the population than a lot of the people that are charged with doing that do. So. Um, yeah, but how do we do that? I don't know. Does voting work? Uh, I can't <laughs> tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Kaylee Kaylee knows all about that being down there. Oh yeah, voting is so like worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do I vote? Yeah, I go and I vote, and do you know? I don't know. I don't even know why, honestly. Right? But, do um, I know that it doesn't really mean anything? Yes. <laughs> right. So, yeah. and I've always been a kind of. Like, I, I do get political sometimes. Um, I've been told I should run for politics many times by people, but I don't think I could do it. Um, I, I I, I've always I've always said that, you know, there's the left wing and the right wing, and it's, you know, the same bird, two wings of the same bird. It doesn't seem to ever really matter. Um, if you want to talk politics, I could do that all, all day long. Um, you know, you like a guy like Polyev, but we liked Trudeau when he first came about. Everybody was all gung-ho about him. And of course, that demographic that voted for him across the country, you know, the young, the women, you know, so forth. But that didn't pan out. So um, and then everybody feels good about Pierre Polyev right now. And what's going to happen there could be a little more of the same. Who knows? But I do know that I think a lot of people have, you know, thankfully woken up to this, myself included. Right. You know, I was kind of a head in the sand kind of when it came to this up until maybe, you know, eight to 10 years ago um, where I got more, I wanted to know more about what, 
why things were the way they are, you yeah. know, start delving, delving into things and, you know, meeting people, obviously. So I think it comes with age and it comes with experience. And, um, you know, you, you want to educate the young people. Uh, my son, who's in his 20s, I, I didn't tell you guys this part about myself personally yet, but I was the road captain for the convoy uh, to Winnipeg for the Camp Hope rally. Oh, and, cool. and my my son and my buddy, who the guy who I took to the hospital that night, they came with me. The three of us went out there. So my son, who was 20 years old, he just wrapped up his... Uh, did he wrap... Yeah, so he was he was 21. He just wrapped up his uh, junior hockey career, and which was a fucking. I mean, the kid got so screwed over in junior hockey because of COVID. Um, Yikes! To get, get sidelined on a whole other conversation of crazy. Um, he uh, was on a team in Ontario that drafted him, and he, you know, the team is full of imports, so Russians and Finnish players and Americans and some Canadians and whatnot. So he was billeted in a house with five other players. Well, they all had to be vaccinated to come here, and wow. and they were all sick all the time. So they'd go to practice, and like half the team was there. All of his roommates would be sick, and so on. And of course, he's my son. He's not going to get vaccinated. So he basically told them to pound sand. And, mm. and um, I, I contacted the league, and I said, "You guys, that's absolute bullshit. Like these kids are not needing to be vaccinated to play hockey. It's ridiculous." And they said, "It's not their policy. It's the policy of the uh, facility owners. So the rinks, the rink wouldn't let you in." Wow. Um, so they kept him to the deadline and then they said, okay, kid, you got to go. But they, they already, you know, had a contract with him. So they put him on a loaner program to a team in Alberta where you didn't have to be vaccinated to play hockey. You just had to get tested once a week. So he did that and he played two more years out there and then he finished hockey and that was the end of his career. And he came home and came on the convoy with us. <laughs> so that's, that's it. Awesome. You got to educate, educate the young ones. My son's right into it. Um, you know, my daughters, they, you bring it up and they're like, I don't want to talk politics or whatever. Why are you so against the, fuck? you know, they, they're not going to go out and do anything stupid, but they're not as into it as their brother is. And that's really what you want is you want to get this passion. I try to get him to get his friends more involved and it's just not there yet. And they're in their early twenties, right? If, if we could snag that demographic and get them go voting, um, I think it would make a huge difference. Well, waking up. Jagmeet Singh did make that comment that, shutting down the arenas would lower the CO2 uh, output dramatically. And just right. by hearing that, you know, and that was back, um, shit, I think the vaccines were already out at that time because they were trying to shift then from, you know, all about climate change real quick. But I was surprised more people weren't upset about that and just thought, holy cow, why don't you clarify that statement, you dumbass? That would well, they, kill they, they, I do remember huge, that, and they just huge chunk of Canadian industry in itself, just in just in hockey, right? So, yeah. So, Kaylee, in your situation, where do you think you're going to be able to go from here? What's your What's your way out? Um, you know, for society as a whole. Sure. Um, I mean, I guess really just you can only break it down to the state level, right? At the end of the day, because unless it's a nationwide policy it's not really going to do anything um because this kind of stuff is is everywhere right like it doesn't just vary from state to state it's it's nationwide it's worldwide so i don't know i think kind of what you said earlier uh nate was spot on with the uh the button you know for the um like hey there's emergency like at the hospital but i think there needs to be like a mental health hotline button or 
you know, something at least to help the general public, because no, I don't have, you know, training in that field, but I knew he was in some kind of distress. There was something off from the jump. I, I knew it, but I couldn't do anything about it. I was scared, too scared to approach him because I thought he was going to hurt me. So I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe some PSA, maybe some training, maybe that looks like breaking it down, maybe even going into schools and talking about mental health. Like, maybe that needs to be addressed earlier on so that we're not as shocked by it when we do encounter it in our personal life, especially if it's not going to be taken care of by the government or any political entity. We were lucky enough to put my grandmother um, in a care facility when, when she started to slip with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. My grandma has Alzheimer's as well. I'm sorry to hear that. And Mine did too when she passed. It's awful. We yeah. took her on a nature hike one Mother's Day, but prior to that, uh, previous to that, sorry, we went to the home and it was a brand new facility and, you know, run by mostly younger, you know, newer um uh, LPNs, I believe they are, and uh, like registered nurses or whatnot, and healthcare professionals. Um, nonetheless, it was scary as hell though because one of the one of the girls stole stuff from like one of the older ladies because they were all in there in the same kind of unit. Thing. Yeah. There was a fight that broke out the one time while we were there. Between oh, I don't. I believe that. And it was like, wow, it's like, it's kind of like prison in a way for the elderly. So like, what is the most ideal situation to keep this kind of, you know, it, and it's got to be hard on them too, going from living by themselves and having family around and all this to, to going in there and, you know, all of a sudden there's people beating each other up and, you know, we it's were were there to look after it, but shit, we took her on an HRI, she was picking pine cones. And I was like, what are you doing? She was filling her pockets with pine cones. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, these things, oh, they annoy me. I'm like, it's not your garden. We're on a nature hike. You can't take anything from nature. <laughs> it was so cute. But yeah. Uh -huh. Anyhow. Um, that's the question though. Like, how do we how do we fix this? How do we how do we make this this better for everybody in a way? I think awareness is, I think, you know, really and truly where it starts because. Well, yeah. And trying to get it to the root of some of this, right? Like the clearly oh, like, like there's, there's so much with like the drug abuse, for example. And it's like, yeah, we can put a lot of onus on like the pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that. But so far, like they show the best thing for it is to like, is, is the fact that like our, our sense of community is deteriorating. People are having trouble making meaning in life. And this is what's driving a lot of like the, mental health the social media aspect of things right the the comparison the constant comparison with other people and i yes. mean it's it, it's coming at people from from every angle right if you don't get hooked on the drugs you get hooked on the social media or you know feel the effects of it especially as like kids and you know yes. uh and then the diet right the diet's also full of a bunch of like inflammatory things we were just talking about like the vaccines like the childhood vaccine schedule for instance like uh, if it's if it's possible that adding mercury into the bodies of children and or other like um, you know harmful toxins, uh, glyphosate herbicides, Roundup stuff like that, mm -hmm. uh, even like the high fructose corn syrup diets and stuff, you know, all of these can affect the like the the neuropathy, right? Or that it all all affects the brain. Something like you know consuming a lot of wheat or like flour and stuff like that. If it's, you know, GMO and covered in glyphosate, these kids are getting a bunch of heavy metals that way. And the way heavy metals work 
it's much like mad cow disease because mad cow disease and Alzheimer's, for example, are metals imbalanced diseases. And so mm -hmm. we add a bunch of heavy metals into these kids' diets if we're just feeding them flour and cereal and stuff like that. And so if it's possible that a small amount of metal can make a kid uh, or, or drive a kid to the brain inflammation that uh, is like commonly associated with autism, um, then what other kind of power do the do, do metals and, and other toxins have that are causing the mental health issues that we're seeing? Because I don't think that it's normal uh, in, in humanity. If you look at it like evolutionarily going back, I don't, I doubt that like there was this level of mental anguish and mental unsettlement, like, cause it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like you look at other creatures in nature, like how many of them come out of the womb and they're just, they're batshit crazy. Right. <laughs> it's like they're, they're rabid cause they got bit by a, a, a parasite or something like that. But you know, nature doesn't make a lot of waste. And you would think in our evolution that we would have, uh, we would come out with a similar like hard wiring, like the wiring wouldn't be messed up. I mean, once in a while you might get someone that'd be like your village Oracle or whatever, but I mean, unless they were just killing them and we just never hear stories of it. Um, you know, it, it, I just don't think it's ever been this bad. And we have to look at like the, I think just the, the toxins that are coming in to society, whether it's, you know, even in like a social toxin where, we don't communicate in person anymore. And the sense of community and tribe has really disappeared or whether it's like a physical toxin glyphosate or metals or anything like that. And so, you know, I guess like you're talking about Kaylee, like, um, like public acknowledgement, like getting the word out there, I guess is like the most important thing, but it's just such a broad scale. Like, where do you start? Yeah, literally, where do you even start with that? That's a, I mean, that's a great question. That's why I was kind of like, you know, maybe schools, question mark. I don't know if that needs to be something more dressed into the curriculum so we can just kind of, you know, get ahead of the next generation or whatever. Well, yeah, to touch on that, you know, back in the day, you used to always hear about you guys are the next generation, right? When we were young teenagers, you know, so we, we want to educate. Education was a big topic. It was all about education mm -hmm. and the next generation. And then I guess some people didn't like that. And like I touched on earlier about, you know, our way out is it's the people in charge. We're still counting on somebody to be in charge. And, you know, from a grassroots level where I kind of hang out, um, we take care of our own now. We don't, I, I don't rely on the government for anything. Yeah. Um, if the cuts good, not that bad, I might just get my buddy to stitch me up, you know, like, um, his finger was pretty mutilated though, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I personally, I've also, I've delivered a baby. Okay. I delivered a baby. This was another 911 call. It was my neighbor. Um, but it's really not that hard. It's kind of gross, but I did it and you could do it. Um, a lot of people are setting up communes and stuff, buying land together and, yeah, and that's the way out. And, you know, there's a lot of that sort of stuff going on. Um, there, I have about 10,000 more friends. Oh, we're not recording. Oh, Jesus. What? No, we're not recording. Gee. Okay. Holy. So during the, during the break here, we got talking about a movie and then Jordan doesn't watch television. So he's, uh, he's just an old school old soul. And and great, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast here again, Jordan. Um, the you sent me a, a link, anyways. We'll, we'll get into that, but we're talking about the movie Idiocracy and how close we are to that. And I remember the clip in Idiocracy where he goes into the hospital, and there's just a giant computer there with a bunch of buttons, and it's all icons, 
and he pushes a button, it's like, oh, you're suffering from a knock to the head. No. Oh, you're suffering from not knowing where you are. Oh, you're suffering from, you know, a pain in the bum, right? Like, and then it's like, oh, yeah, put this tube here and that tube there. And then, oh, no, wrong tube, wrong hole, you know, kind of thing. And it's, yeah, I don't think we're far from there, though, really. Like um, here in Canada, you can't sue the medical system if there is a if there is a problem. Um, there is the Good Samaritan law, which does protect you if you if you go to help somebody administer, you know, help you see somebody in trouble, whether it's, you know, dragging a person off the highway. If they get hit on the highway, you are legally responsible to stop and fucking get them off the highway and impede anybody else from causing any further damage to them. It's like stopping if there's garbage on the highway. If there's a big box or something on the highway, you're supposed to actually stop and clear the um, clear the hazard. Right. So I know around here it's tough sometimes because it's a shopping cart that they, you know, nodded off pushing and then got distracted and went back somewhere else for something else sometimes. But I was so sad that today I saw a panhandler who was like standing right at uh, Dilworth and uh, the highway and he was standing up holding his sign, but he was completely unconscious. His head was was lulled fully forward. He was like drooling and his eyes were shut and he was just like like comatose and you're like i don't know if there's a deeper level to that but if you just fell one side or the one way or the other at the wrong time like that could just be game over and you know that's just that's just like an average day out there seeing something like that yeah do any of you guys ever go to the lower mainland very rarely not not since floods actually in 2020 or 2021 whenever that was yeah i mean well i I grew up up down there uh from 96 to when i moved here however 15 years ago or whatever uh, i moved here in 2010 but uh we used to go to the downtown east side and just well we used this to go to NBC what, and do the weed thing and whatever is this vancouver, downtown vancouver vancouver downtown vancouver yeah i used to yeah, live down, yeah, exactly. I used to live down on the lower east side right on the border okay. of the, the bad zone but this is this like is in Burnaby 2000s yeah, yeah. Was, so well, you know, I lived so, in Burnaby too, but I lived in downtown East Hastings. So, Mike, when was the last time you were down there? Two thousand. Two thousand. Let me tell you, man. Yeah, it's, it's I heard it's bad. Ten times worse. Ten times worse. Yeah, my it's, uncle lives down there. He yeah. said it, it's it's out of control. It is totally out of control. It. I. So I was I was working actually a job in Whistler, and then I I have a house in Coquitlam that my company owns a house there. We stay at. Uh, staff stay there and um we do a lot of work in the lower mainland and so i was on my way home from whistler back to coquitlam and i thought i'm gonna go and get some faux on hastings because there's a really good faux place there i hadn't been down there since 2010 and i went down there and i thought you know what i'm gonna drive right past it and go do the cruise that i used to do and come back and i was freaking blown away i saw so many ambulances cops People folded over on the side of the street, in the middle of the street. Um, I was stopped at a stoplight, and a fella drove by this dude who was standing there, drove by him on a bicycle, and smashed a bottle of cologne. It made the whole street instantly reek of cologne right over his face, right in front of me. And there was a cop right there, and the cop asked me if I saw where the guy went. And I said, no, he was on a bike. He went that way, but I didn't watch him. But just right in front of me. Absolute chaos. 
This oh, yeah, I've seen, hand, I have man. some major horror stories from even back then. Not horror stories, but just, like, because I grew up in a small town, and, like, when you moved to the big city, I was just, like, yeah, throw, thrown into it. And then you just see this stuff that you just, you can't believe. Like, it's just, I, I can tell you a whole handful of stories that just, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, I'd hate to say it makes me, made me grow as a person, but it made me appreciate um, the upbringing that I have and that, that you don't get to see that kind of stuff where where I grew up but when you move there it's just like I like helped to I remember I could tell you a hundred stories man I remember this I was skateboarding through the alleys I carried my skateboard everywhere because it was kind of like my battle axe my protection right if someone tried to mess with me I'd I'd whack them with my skateboard and plus you're always like you're always like zipping by all the the homeless and everybody so no one kind of tries to flag you down right so but I remember I was like going down the, through this alley because there was no traffic and it's smooth. And there's this guy like in this like electric wheelchair tip, tipped over in the alley. So I like stopped. I'm like, you okay, man? Like I helped him up and back into his wheelchair. And then he's like, oh, I do like he dropped, he dropped his crap. And I like literally like helped him pick up his crap. <laughs> and that is one of the lighter stories. I yeah. <clears throat> yeah definitely if you've been down there you have a story that's for sure yeah last year i picked up a lady at the bus stop in front of the hospital with a big bandage on her foot middle of winter time um helped her into the car load all her crap into the back and by crap i mean garbage bags and grocery bags and stuff into the back of the car um, she had a big stump kind of cast on the one foot and the other foot was bandaged up. There was um, a jacket that she had with her, a big flannel jacket, red and black kind of flannel. Anyways, took her over to the Circle K first and then down to the camp, the tent city camp, because that's where the uh, we're looking for the warming bus. But because it was only... 18 below or 17 below the warming bus wasn't there so then we took her downtown and she said can you find me a cart and i said oh she and i looked up and there happens to be a cart a couple blocks away so i grabbed the cart and i come back and she you know very appreciative of help i'm sure the cart has two locked wheels on it Okay, one on each side, like parallel to each other, you know, across from one another. And uh, I was like, okay, so I wobbled this cart up, and I'm like, I don't know if this works, but, you know, I dragged this cart. You might have to drag it a bit, but, you know. She tells me that there was a fire in their tent. They were living in the tent city, and there was a fire in their tent, and her husband didn't make it, but she did, and her they they had frostbite before that that's why they had a fire in the tent because they had frostbite and they said the frostbite was so bad after the fire and that that they had to amputate the one the one foot so she had no foot on the one side and i'd helped her into the circle k like to the bank machine she'd asked me to go in with her card and i said i'm sorry i can't do that i can help you in there though and help you back right so anyways then they kicked her out and this was like between Christmas and New Year's. So very fresh wounds, very fresh bandage on her foot. I left her there. She put the flannel jacket on the ground so she had something to stand on to stay out of the uh, 
but I had to fend off three other people, street people, while I was offloading her stuff into the cart from the trunk of the vehicle into the into the cart. She tried, you know, there's three people coming up and looking through her shit. And she hadn't even gotten out. Like, what has this world come to? Where, you know? Well, I mean, that whole, this whole thing we're talking about, these homeless people, like the downtown east side and stuff, it's all the same people that run the medical. It's all the same people that are in government. <clears throat> there, There's a problem. We all know it. There are solutions. We know they closed the mental hospitals. Open them back up. Their solution is give the addicts more drugs instead of giving them treatment. Like they are, they're, they're, I'm not going to say they're criminals because they're moms and brothers and sisters and are, there are family members in some cases. Right. Um, but uh, they're not getting the right help. That is not the right help. Giving them drugs is not the right help. They're committing crimes. Use that to make them better. Um, arrest them, charge them and have the judicial system. um impose sentences of rehab and things like that and that if you know you go to rehab you're there for six months that's not a long time um once you get to a certain stage you get let out and then there's supports when you get out i mean that's going to be better for everybody it's better for that person it's better for their that person's family it's better for society as a whole but giving them drugs and letting them run around and and having the police have to do this revolving door bullshit that they love doing you know, you talk to any police officer. We have a friend that's a police officer and he's, he knows all about sure. it. And, uh, but that's what they continue to do. And it's just absolutely insane. Well, we've talked about this before on the podcast um, of having, and I call it the neon rider style um, treatment where they have a big farm out, out of the city limits kind of thing where they all look after themselves. They all have big gardens. They all have big, you know, um, responsibility with the cattle and the, and the pigs and the chickens and the, you know, and you get them out and doing proactive act activities every day. And there's a no drug policy and there's a no disrespect policy and their money goes into trust. And at the end of their one year agreement, they then go out and they have this one year worth of um, income, even, even government welfare, which is a pretty good chunk of change. If you save it up for a year and they're good and capable to live for at least, you know, if not, they get uh, referred to, you know, to other areas because they do go out and do the side jobs and stuff like that. We talked about programs that have that, that set I mean, up. That, well. That's actually, that's, that's a great idea. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock that. Like, and for people that are struggling, then um, there's going to, we're going to see more and more of those people, just average people that can't make it. But a lot of these people, like two out of these three people don't want that. And they have like mental health, like we were talking about before. And they will not, even if you get offered them the chance to go to one of those places, they will not, they will not go there. So that's the, that's the hard thing about it. So it's like almost, you'd have to like force them to, and how do you, how well, do you that, force a person to do that? They have well, to go on it. It has to be the judicial system that does that because it, it you, you can force them when they've committed a crime, which they're out there stealing, they're out there punching each other, whatever, whatever crime you can snag them on. And Exposing the themselves in public. Yeah, the judge has to. I mean, it used to be illegal to shoot heroin in the streets. I guess it's not, but the judge has to say you are going to rehab for six months. That person's not going to want to go, but in six months, I tell you what, that person is going to be on his on their way back to normalcy of some kind and have some hope. And then if they only last a couple of months, then the next time it's eight months or ten months or whatever, and 
I swear, man, eventually they're going to get it. They're going to get it or they're going to be, you know, or or keep them. Keep them in institutionalized to whatever degree is necessary. Um, and, and then I think eventually it'll start to wean, wean it, like society will be able to wean itself out of that situation because it never was this bad. Problems are created by the people who are now currently charged with making the solution. They're not doing it. Once the solution's implemented, um, you know, I can't think of a better one uh, than putting them in the institution, be, you know, by the judiciary, leaving them there until they're fixed, giving them a go, bring them back if necessary. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about like the solution to the drugs and alcohol isn't give them free alcohol. We don't give shoplifters free gift cards. We don't give pedophiles their own fucking right to a nursing or, uh, uh, you know. Um, yeah, I think we do. What do you call actually. it? One of those those preschools. You know, sadly enough, there are cases in this country. Um, I don't know if you're on um, TikTok or not there, but uh, we do TikTok. I do TikTok anyways, and there is a case of a nursing home that's uh, or a, a kid's home. What do you call preschool where the guy that was there um, he wasn't an employee, but he was the spouse of the employee. It's like they needed my birth certificate for my girlfriend to get a job at a at a like place near like high security areas, right? So yeah, no, I heard that story actually. I'm not sure where, but yeah, no, I'm not on TikTok, but I get sent TikTok videos all the time, so I can watch them. But I'm not. Oh, I don't have an account or anything. Should I get one? Well, it's incredible. Yeah, you should. What got me on TikTok, and it it does bring everything round. Um, in a way, but um, TikTok's amazing. I, I, I'm a better person because of TikTok. You learn so much stuff. It's in, in a short period of time. I, I can't, I can't live without TikTok now. I, I feel like it'd be like living in the past if I didn't have TikTok right now. So, and I mean, there was a rumor that initially when TikTok came out that it was a Chinese government-run app. Is that debunked? That's a, or what? yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's that's the good thing about it. <laughs> that's the best thing about it it's because they can't understand what we're saying so they let us say what we want no they, it's that the americans can't, properly. can't shut it I mean, down it's not the same it's, algorithm it's a better way better algorithm than any of the the Facebook best thing is that the americans can't shut it down because the chinese yeah. run it yeah because if, if the yeah. americans had it they would have shut it down a long time ago and you could appeal when somebody reports you it's great yeah you get around all kinds of shit and it's like the real time news that that Maui stuff that happened, man, it was crazy. And oh, yeah. it still is. Oh, crazy yeah. If you want to see, if you want to see the corruption that's going on in the world, like well, on a day to day basis, collect $5,000. If Oprah $5,000 towards Maui there with that, that little uh, stunt she's pulling there, I don't know. Blaine, you want to chime in on that? No, no, you guys the word go from ahead. the sponsor. How much gold could maybe that's where the gold all went, right? Well, uh, China's gold. China's been buying up a lot of gold, and so has Russia. Uh, any economy that wants to protect itself right now is hoarding silver and gold. That's kind of the whole gist of trying to have sound money, more so than anybody else. Because when the funny money gets exposed for being worthless, because we just printed out of thin air and it's a debt, it's just an IOU to a private bank. We're going to be in for a tough time, and when you know, we have a, a monetary collapse. I mean, they, they doubled the amount of money in supply in the last three years. And so it's like, that's what destroys the, the price of your purchasing power. And so if you want to protect what yourself. To, 
What happened yeah. to that airplane full of gold that got scooped at yeah. the Pearson International that Airport? Did. You'll nothing here. You'll never hear about it. We, we don't talk about that. No one. Yeah, talks about we're not allowed to talk about that for another <laughs> oh, twenty years. We, it's like the Elvis files. Right? Are we going to get shut down? Yeah, the Elvis files are supposed to be released in twenty twenty seven. So we do have that to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, Which, if you do want to get yourself some silver or gold for the folks I, out there. Our sponsor is uh, Sun City Silver and Gold Exchange here in Kelowna on the corner of Bernard and Gordon. And you can also reach out to them online at sovereignize at gmail.com. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-I-Z-E at gmail.com. Reach out to Steve and you'll get the best prices on silver and gold with the promo code SHITTALK. And you can start to do as the Chinese do and protect your assets. They've been yeah. doing it 6,000 years. They, they they know some things. You know, you got to credit where credit's due. Chinese do know some shit. And I did find out the other day because, you know, Halloween's coming up and everything, but there's also this new variant out. Um, don't go into the banks right now or any place really with a mask on. It's not just Steve that doesn't like that. I'm sure a lot of places don't like that if you just walk in there with the, especially the Michael Myers one. They didn't like that. I just kind of <laughs> did a test on a bunch of them, right? The trench coat probably didn't help either. Well, I, put, I might put the anonymous mask on and go make a withdrawal. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Yeah. When they do bring back mask mandates, that, that's what we should all do. Let's just get like clown yeah. masks and shit. Just really like, you know, like the clown masks they had in um, The Dark Knight, the Batman movie? No, I never saw it. Shit. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. I remember they, that. They yeah, had yeah good, I did. They had some really good clown masks. Anyway. We all just do that until we can leave the clown world. They're like, take your mask off. I'm like, all right. What do you want? You want to put a mask on or take it off? It's a win-win. It's, it's yeah. You want to hear a funny uh, TikTok? Nate, did you see that TikTok that I sent you about the guy who asks, asks Alexa about the next 2024 election? Did you yeah. watch that one? That's spooky. Before that, let's stay on topic for just one all minute. Right. The okay. reason that I joined TikTok was because of a uh, mental illness. Uh, my sister sent me a video of this girl from Ontario that posts her nightmares. And she's a person that sleepwalks and has night terrors. And she acts out what happens in her sleep. And some of the shit was just so weird that her husband said, I have to videotape this. Like, you have to see what you're fucking... She was going into the fridge and getting eggs and putting them in her bed and then getting into bed and having a dream that she's a chicken. She was going out and opening her front door and throwing cans of food on the lawn, saying, here you go, eat up, eat, 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 trying to feed the lawn. Um, he then, like, it then escalated where they'd, like, put a mannequin in the room and kind of, you know, give little little <laughs> hazards or, you know, things for her to, to do outside of it all, right? But it, it was... It was comical that she had that take on it because she knew what was happening and, and how funny and stupid some of the stuff was. But yeah, we won't get into the violence against her husband thing because that's a whole different thing. But yeah, she ended up with like all these um, advertising gimmicks and shit. So I'm sure she's well, you know, established in that. But yeah, it was like Selena Spooky Boo. 
And that's what on, on, hooked on TikTok. My sister was like, <laughs> your niece has a TikTok. She puts all her dance routines. I'm like, I don't want to watch kids dancing on TikTok. It's not my thing, man. I just find something wrong about kids dancing on TikTok. Kids dancing anywhere. Kids dancing in public, fine, whatever. As long as you're not screaming at the top of your lungs, making me, or running out in the fucking street, I'm good. You can go fucking dance wherever you want, right? Like, but yeah. Wait, did the, did the girl, did she, uh, did she give any like sleepwalking blowjobs or? Just I don't curious. know. I don't think they would have posted that on TikTok, GC. That's TikTok <laughs> if you were thinking of. Not shit talk, not TikTok, but yeah. TikTok? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just Corn. Cornhub, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, not to, not to totally, you know, take the topic to a brand new level. Um, yeah, so thanks for the word from the sponsor there, uh, Blaine. We do have um, an upcoming thing happening here on the 20th. Have you heard anything about what's going on locally? Either one, you or Jordan, you seem to have ran in the same crowds at times here. I'm sure we've honked at each other multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I do I do remember a gentleman with a trailer with a, with a big, big uh, triangular signboard on the, in the middle yeah. of it. That might, that might have been you. <laughs> That was most definitely me, yeah. And and you do look familiar too, so Yeah, I probably saw you around downtown a couple of times. We're down at the Asuyas border. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, those are good times. I kind of miss those times. They did get a little old. Um, you know, like I said, I was the, the road captain for the convoy to Winnipeg. I don't know if you guys so you guys know about that one where it was the unity convoy to bring all the different freedom groups from all over the country together at camp hope in winnipeg mm -hmm. yeah that was that was a pretty wild trip um i don't know if you guys want to talk about it but yeah tell that. us tell us about it man yeah well you know i mentioned earlier and then my son and my buddy came out there and uh, uh my friend who really wanted to come this was really funny he really wanted to come with us he couldn't make it, and but he's like, but my my stepmom and my stepdad, so we'll, uh, we don't need to get into that. But his mom and dad, we'll call them, want to go, and I'm gonna put you in touch with them. So I'm like, okay. So I had rented this badass Airbnb in downtown Winnipeg for when we got there, um, and now my buddy's parents, who I've never met, are are gonna meet us in Lethbridge. I don't know really too much about them. Get out there, meet this couple. They're fantastic. They were. Um, they lived in their pickup truck for two weeks in the ditch in Coots at the Coots border blockade when that happened. Mm -hmm. And so they, they were our housemates in, uh, in Winnipeg. So they traveled with us. Um, we had a couple of overnights along the way and, uh, had some good times for sure. Yeah, it was a blast. They were actually just in Kelowna here to visit my buddy. And, um, so we went over to his place and there was a massive party and it was, it was a good time. <laughs> good people out there in alberta those coots people and you know are you guys familiar with the coots four? Oh you yeah be... that's yeah, what i was gonna well i brought this up in a in a tiktok video this week uh a young lady was uh was murdered here i think we brought this up probably last week i think i hope in the podcast but the guy that got out on bail continuing to try and raise awareness yeah so he is being tried for murder that is an update as of today and uh, my, you know, my family and, and her friends are going. Um, so, yeah, I just brought up the fact that, you know, Tamara and Chris are currently 
being, you know, tried for who knows, three weeks, which will turn into eight, eight fucking months. Let's be honest here, people. And, uh, you know, trying to find something to, to get them on or something to, you know, something will delay things. Um, the guy, yeah, the, 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 the whole, you know, you give a terrorist $10 million and you, you let this guy out on $2,500 fucking bail, which is a promissory note against something personal. They don't even have to transfer the money. And then you got a, a rabbi in Ontario, I believe is where he's from, where he was released and they wanted 50K from him. And he said, fine, but I'm putting that towards whatever charity. And they said, no, it has to come into this, you know, government office. A bullshit. Bullshit. Absolutely you know? disgusting. It's, yeah. We, we live in a fucking cuckoo clock, man. And even with the murder charge, they say it's 25 years, but we all know you're out in seven or eight Look at that guy and beheaded the guy and start eating his face on the fucking Greyhound bus. He was out in seven years, right? Yeah, he beheaded someone in seven years. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. yeah. And those are just a couple of stories, man. There there are so right. many that, that slip on by, we don't even know about them. You know, you'd have to dig around and be like, oh, yeah, that one. So this has been a productive podcast. We have come up with a solution. We need to reopen the cuckoo bins. And let's just call them that, you know, because we can't call them climate crisis or anything. The climate climate, um, climate collateral, um, calamity. I'm trying to write a song, Climate Calamity. And I want to get um, uh, um, Anthony. You guys are now all familiar with them, right? Anthony Oliver. Anthony Oliver. Oliver Anthony. Is that the musician? Is it the Oliver Anthony? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. Richmond, North of Richmond song. That yeah, oh, yeah. That guy's yeah. deadly, man. Yeah, yeah. He's got a nice beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of his other songs is now hit number one as well on the charts, so they're really fucking pissed. Yeah. He's literally saying, you know, I'm not a one-hit wonder. I'm a fucking guy with enough, you know, common sense to just say it how it is. So what well, I love so him is that he's like quite Ronald central to Pardon? Right? There's so much of that now, like Tom McDonald, and then the, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So there was this flood at Burning Man, and a lot of people are screaming about the biblical aspect of, you know, the flood in the desert kind of thing. What uh, You guys have any take on that? Have you, you know? I mean, I glanced at it. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, then I saw something about it today that made it, more intrinsical was how they're calling it a toxic mud and that it turns out it was it was a i don't know if it was a tiktok it was a video i watched but this guy was basically just laughing at them how they're all a bunch of lefties now stuck in the mud and what are they doing out there they're out there you know the same people preaching climate change are out there burning shit and oh well, yeah it was a pretty good rant of a uh video i took a look at that um some videos of it and there's like a thousand RVs, like big, big oh, RV trailers. Seventy thousand. I'm just, I'm like, wow, that's like, like, like you're saying, Jordan. That's like a lot of RVs are aren't cheap, and I'm just thinking, like, are these people like dumping their like black water tanks before they leave, like right in the desert? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, of is that... they yeah, they have to. They probably would. Yeah. Or if not, not far away. But yeah, they get the hell out of there as quick as they were if they were smart. If not, they just stay there and fill the fucking tank and, uh, you know, and then resort to some other method, shit in a bucket maybe, 
But uh, that's the problem is the resource, right? They don't have enough water. We got less than five minutes of, of this segment. I don't know if you uh, were planning to come back for a short little segment there, Mike or Jordan. I know Blaine's got to take off there. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to wrap it up. I got stuff to do in the house here and it's getting late. I got to be up early in the morning, but, uh, you know, right. I'll come on anytime you guys want, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, I, yeah. I could probably get you guys some more guests too, depending on whatever topic you want to talk about, but let's keep in touch. And, uh, oh, for sure. I wouldn't mind seeing this girl. I like that you guys are local and you read that post and, um, that's, that post has like 180 reactions and endless comments on it now. So, uh, I think, you know, collectively we're doing the right thing and getting our, our voices heard and let's just keep it up, man. Right on. Be the change you want to see. Yeah, for sure. You likewise, even though I'm yeah, pretty sure well, we've thanks, met. Thanks <laughs> for coming on here. And uh, yeah, thanks for being our guest again. Um, yeah, Blaine, biblical. What do, what do you think about this? Is there a biblical side to this whole because now it's a climate crisis and there's, you know, fires everywhere's on fire and there's a, there's a flood in the desert. Come on. The only, the only thing I heard about it was that there was like some people talking like there was Ebola, uh, like an Ebola outbreak. I don't think it's been verified. But then I saw that the people tried to like flee the desert. So I don't know. You got some plague in there too. It would be, it would be uh, symbolic, I suppose. If, if one person did, occurred. one person did die. But from what I heard, he was told not to, fucking plug in the generator or turn on the generator while it was plugged in because the cord was under the fucking mud and instead he fired up the fucking generator even though a bunch of people told him not to so it does bring back that movie idiocracy again who we do need as a sponsor mike judge if you judge i don't know how you pronounce his name but yeah if you have a chance the guy that did beavis and butthead and that yeah come on up um yeah we want some money for that idiocracy I think if we just wait long enough, they'll just weed themselves out. Isn't that true, though? Like, if you take the warning labels off of everything, people just, you know, people don't care, right? Like, but that's the truth, right? You take the warning labels off, and yeah, suddenly it's like, oh, we're not responsible for that. Um, special thanks again for Kaylee for coming on, and uh, I can't remember the name of her uh, her videos, but I'll put it in the description there. Anyways, um, it's Mr. Neighbor or something like that, so... Yeah, I don't want to misquote it and have everybody work looking for my crazy neighbor, and that's not what it is. But uh, yeah, right. yeah, a lot going on though. There's there's a lot happening. We haven't even covered the Obama's real identity. Did you guys see about that? No. What? Yeah, they've had an actual like investigation ongoing, and it's their own side that's like we we have to go with the other like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I will. You send me that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was on TikTok. I'm sure I reposted it, Put but it I in the description a lot of, of crap on TikTok. Some yeah. of us are not that TikTok. one in the description as well, right? Well, that's why I was laughing when today um our turdo went and met with a guy named Joko Wakoko or Joko Wanono. And I'm like, he's with Yoko Ono and Joko Hu Ho Ho. Like, what the fuck is this shit, right? Like, you can't make up this fucking name. So now I got a bunch of hate on the fucking TikTok because I made a TikTok joking about his name. And I'm like, there can't be two Joko fucking Winonos out there, right? Like, fucking, you can't tell me there's two Jokos in the world meeting up today. And it's the fucking president of Indonesia 
who again is like the world's second worst polluter in the world, and he's probably out there talking about cross-dressing rights for fucking circus leprechauns or circus. Well, how much? How much money are they going to have him? Another sixty-five million, like he spent yesterday or whatever. Yeah, they did pledge. He did pledge another forty million, uh, um, ten million to start apparently to Indonesia as a loan for you know our country to theirs. So that's great. While they're fucking polluting the ocean on a fucking grand scale, you couldn't imagine. But we'll get into that on another podcast. Thanks again, Jordan, for coming out. Thanks, Mike, Jordan. thanks for popping in again thanks, from Canal Flats. I'm glad you still have the Wi-Fi there with the Starlink and all that. Um, yeah, Blaine, till next week. I'm not going to tell you the guest is again. It's fun that way, isn't it? It sure leaves me guessing. Yeah, right on. Cheers, right. guys. See you. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.